Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 259 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we're talking post-world championship cyclocross, the hot stove league. And then we get into some rumors, we get into some other tangents. It's a good conversation. It's it's good post-world conversation. No real plan, we're just talking, and hopefully you get something out of that. Hey, uh, before we get into the show, I want to tell you about the Wide Angle Podium sponsor, Endura. If you head over to endurasport.com, you can check out all of the cycling gear that Endura has to offer. I recently talked on the intro to the latest Grodio podcast, which you should check out, uh, with Amanda Nauman talking to uh, Ray Trammell, who is the race director for the G3 Gravel Series in Oklahoma. It's a cool conversation. But in the intro to that show... I talked about the the gravel line that Endura has, and and I know we all want to scoff at oh gravel specific clothes, ah. but uh, it's really cool stuff. And you can just you can just ignore the part that they're calling it gravel biking gear. It's GV five hundred. That's the line, and the, the 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 thing about Endura that I love is it's it's durable. It's right there in the name. It's like endurable. That's that's what they should. Do. Here's here's my marketing pitch for you guys at Endura. Uh, just Endura, open parens, BLE, close parens. You, you can have that one as part of our sponsorship agreement. Check out the jackets. Check out the pants. Check out the bibs, the baggies. All great looking. All durable. All weatherproof for the jackets and the pants. I've talked about it before. It's the kind of stuff I love wearing off the bike, but you can also wear it on the bike too. It, it's both. It's it's dual use. Endurasport.com. Go check it out. Use the code WIDEANGLE20 and you'll get 20% off your order. There's a link down there in, in the show notes. As I mentioned, Grodio, also a lot of other shows you should check out on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. That's what this show's a part of. You can become a member of that network. You can uh, leave a donation. You can support individual shows. Go check out the website. Hit the donate button. Help support all of the content we are providing for you. Let's get into this episode of Cyclocross Radio we're talking about Park Cross. We're talking about Lilla. We got Michael and Zach. It's episode 259, and we're doing it right now. We're back in the media pit to talk about post-world cyclocross, the Hot Stove League, I believe, as we decided to call it like two seconds ago and rumors and anything else that comes up. So let's get into it. But of course, before we can legally get into it, Michael, how's it going? All I got to (laughs) say, Zach, I know that you're uh, a little um, burnout on cyclocross right now. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of charged up, you know, what a sweet weekend, 
Let's get into this post-world block. Michael, I just have to say, I mean, for one, uh, I think that we can all, you know, we can all turn the page on on past uh, we'll say past relationships. And I think in the past, I certainly had a relationship with the uh, the bitter side of me. Um, and, you know, I really disappointed that you're questioning my commitment uh, to these post-world uh, races. And I think I'm ready to, uh, that we're going to have a really engaging show uh, here today. Guys, I don't know about any of this. I'm still just <laughs> stunned over Harden for Pidcock. It's, my mind is blown. <laughs> Guys, Ailey Ezerbeet just got engaged. Like, you don't... It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day season. He found the one whose heart Ezerbeet's for him. Love is in the air. <laughs> I'm excited. It's Tis the season to talk post-Worlds cyclocross. Harden for Pitcock? Mine was Harden? good. It's the trade of the it. century. I'm done. <laughs> why why Harden stop. for Pitcock? Bill, stop bringing other sports into this. <laughs> I saw that James Harden got traded, but okay. Yeah, okay. We That's right. Pitcock is uh, unsigned with Ineos, but as uh, Chris Merriam pointed out, he still has one whole year left in the contract. So, um, yeah. He, he should come. He should come play. What, what would we be, like a shooting guard? I don't know. Think Pitcock balls? He balls it up? He could, uh, yeah, he probably probably plays football. Probably a Soccer, probably no. a mean striker. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> where are we starting? I think let's let's go to. I mean, Athias Cross, Park Cross, Mal Malgadem, Mal Meld Maldigem, Malahem. That sounds maybe a little bit. I, thanks for taking the lead on mispronouncing it. I appreciate you, <laughs> you doing that. And Bill and I, we could the, we just could sit here and just gently great, you know, slide in. Just call Park Cross. Yeah, yeah. So Park Cross. thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. I kind of liked this course. I mean, it seems like it. You know, I no idea what Degum actually looks like in the day, but it seems like it kind of had some of that vibe going through like the city center. And I'm just assuming the park cross. I'm assuming this is a park in the city. You had some, you know, cobbled sections. You had like some really fast corners on pavement, which I found very interesting. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, for kind of a flat-ish course for an atheist cross course, I, I kind of liked it. It was a lot of fun, and I just wanted to point out that, like, last year it was canceled because of COVID because it was sort of in that city center or maybe in a little neighborhood. Um, this year they had it, and uh, I was I was glad it's back on the calendar. So, Michael, you said that this one is, is back on the calendar, but I, I think what you really meant to say is this one is Bacher yeah. on the calendar. Did you yeah. not? Yeah. It's, it's guess who's Bach. Um So... Look, Anna Marie Worst wins the race, um, but there was quite a battle for second between Monenbacher and Ike Van Alphen. Um, couple cool things in this race. Multiple sand pits? I counted two. There's possibly like a third like sand section, so a lot of sand. Um, you had, at one point, you had three out of the four leaders bunny hopping the barriers. Um, unfortunately, none of those people who bunny hopped won the race, so... Uh, it really came down to the sand. But the the biggest thing I want to talk about in this race was the move from 
Manin in the sand against Anik Van Alphen. I want to get into a blocker charge with you guys here. So let's set the scene. So Bakker has a bit of a gap on Anik and they're in, they're racing for second. And Monin is in the sand and kind of stuffs it and jumps off. And she's on the right side of the screen. And Anik is coming down the rut that's on the left side of the screen. Monin, when she gets off, looks back, sees Anik, and just takes her bike right to the corner and shuts the door. So, gentlemen, block or charge? I mean, my take on it, you know, typically uh, in basketball, you've got to call something when an advantage is gained or when contact occurs. And there was no contact. I think that if Van Elfen had just kept going and just rammed into to Bacher's bike, clear block. I mean, she was clearly moving. You know, she was not set. Her line, she had not established position. She did not go straight up and down. She literally, like, took her bike and shoved it out in front of her and veered right into her line. Uh, so I'm going to go, unfortunately, you know, for Van Alpha, I'm going to say no call. Play on. Fair play. I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the exact same mind. I mean, Michael, this is not a Cat 5 road race where you yell at everybody to hold their line every two seconds in a pack because you figure that's what you're supposed to say. This is, this is cyclocross at the top level. This is, this is, there, there is no rule against what she did. We, I mean, I've seen it a hundred times in, in other races throughout the years. I, I think it's a, it's a good pro move. I will say this, though. I think that it's just any other rider, I think that you would say savvy. And maybe this is kind of like the the Grayson Allen corollary where, you know, uh, Bacher has a history. Like, she has a history that's kind of mounting. Uh, and so I think that if it was if it was someone else, you might say, oh, that is a that is a smart move. But uh, in a way, because it's because it's her, you're just kind of like, all right, she's she's doing it again. Um, you know, uh, less than it was. You know, we're talking about James Harden. It was a Harden esque move. It was, uh, you know, it was like pump fake, double pump, triple pump lean into the guy, your kick your leg out, yeah. and somehow get to the line kind of move. It's kind of stuff where I, I don't think Bacher's making any friends with how she races her bike. So, so you're saying that the, 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 the fans may not like it, but the true fans, the true, the true cyclocross heads know that that's just smart racing. And also, Madam Bacher to my knowledge, other than possibly just yelling at people, has never done anything physically during a race before to anybody. This is right. It's just that she didn't like the wheels that she was racing on. And sometimes she didn't like it if people were winning instead of her. I mean, right. Aren't those our two Bacher? Uh, she's done some sky. I mean, I can remember at GP Leuven last year, she kind of like guided a rider gently into a post. I mean, it wasn't like, it's like, and I think there was another one too, where it's not, it's nothing egregious, but it's very, it's very Harden-esque. Like the kind of stuff that you might like with a different person. I don't know. It's the kind of stuff. It's it's John Stockton, you know, grabbing jerseys and hitting people in the nether regions and stuff to gain an advantage, I think. It's nothing that's going to like, like get you friends on the field that you might need to call on one day. Um, look, and here, here's my take on the thing. Well, I guess, Zach, maybe there is no call, right? Because there is no rule. Nothing was, you know, there was, I didn't see any protesting after the race. But here's the, here's the thing for me. So we talk about 
or sometimes like if you're doing the barriers or you're coming to a feature where you have to dismount and if you just happen to put your bike sort of at a, at a more horizontal, more wide and you kind of block the path and someone can't run past you, that's, that's a little bit of defense there. And I get it. That's fine. But because Bakker, she didn't just stop in front of Van Alphen. She looked back. There was, there's so much intentionality behind her move that she looked back and then got in the way. Um, she actually veered from her line. I don't know if that line was any more beneficial to back or to move over to the fence. So I'm, you know, I would, I would say it's a, it's a block, but you know, I guess there's no rule against it. So, but I say I, bad form. Bad. I form, will man. reiterate: there are no lines in cyclocross, other than if you're sprinting at the end of a race. You can, you're like, oh. I want to be over there, and you go over there. I mean, there, there's, there, there are no lines in cycle. There are no like hold your line in cyclocross. It doesn't exist. My other question for you all is: are, are we analyzing this any differently than we analyzed Tone trying to leg whip Ailey earlier this year? I mean, I feel like that we ended up dragging move. him pretty hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, both both of these moves. I not would a say fan. that that was worse because he was on the ground and he was trying to stop somebody, or she was just continuing to. There was there was that uh, Euro U twenty three Euro race. I think it was man. It, it was I, I, I want to say it was like uh, uh, Van Tornout who won it, but it was the same sort of thing. I'll have to find the clip where somebody got had to dismount, and I think it, it might have been even been. It was, it was like Vermeersh or somebody like that. And then he just like ran his bike in front of the rider who was still riding and ran him into a post and then just kept going. And, and I'm just like, cyclocross. <laughs> there it is. Bill, I'm going to bring in the ball don't lie theory. We're going to do it. And see, so you, you, uh, this is great. You brought up the Tone Arts and the Ailey Ezerbeat. I believe earlier in the season, Ezerbeat went on to to win that race if i'm not mistaken right yeah ball don't lie it was it was a douche move by Ertz. van alpha come up short you know she couldn't close the deal and i just say by the uh by the ball don't lie theory i think it's a play on you know if (laughs) say it you know van alpha she should have closed the deal and she would have been like look that was that was that was a call the refs missed and i took it into my own hands so so ball don't lie are you saying zach that both teams played hard Yes. <laughs> Can we at least, you know, since she got on a podium and we were just talking, I, I asked a question, what happened to Van Alphen like two weeks ago? Right. Is this, is this a podcast bump? Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. I will say, so like, I, you know, it's funny that you bring this. So I was just looking at her results and I didn't, I didn't run the numbers, but I feel like she's a very, you know, I, one might almost be tempted to call her Miss, Miss February, but We'll get to that. That's certainly taken. But she has this very interesting, like, bimodal uh, distribution to her results. Very high in September. Meh. The rest of the season kind of peaks back up at the end of the season. So it's got uh, two peaks in September and February. I mean, she had a decent close to the season. I mean, she finished second in, in that U23 Worlds race last year, you know, over over Vosh, over Petersa, um, over Van Anroy. Uh, Van Aeroy race. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm saying like she had a good race. Like she had a good finish to the season. So um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, didn't run the numbers, but to borrow another statsy, mathy term, it was a bimodal two peak distribution to her results. 
Yeah, and and so just to go back to that sprint. You know, Monin did lead it out from the front, and Van Alphen couldn't come around her. Um, I was a little scared that Backer was going to try to put her into the barrier for the sprint, but it's a super short sprint. Um, also, just to point out that Van Alphen and Backer were teammates at that race in 2020 that Van Alphen won when they were both hopping the barriers. So we we had a full weekend of them racing each other. Um, but let's get on to the men's race. Uh, our man, your man, Zach, Mr. February. How sweet it is. Our guy. You know, he, some I, rider. Hey, I've heard some riders, I, some podcasters, they might they might stop at, at the world championships. But Lauren Sweck, he keeps racing. He keeps racing until they hang up the tubies for the uh, for the end of the season, put them in the trailer and uh, put them in storage, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's the three more weeks. I mean, this is it's just it's like you walked out into the 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 Malahem Park and the sun is sort of descending and you know there's like the old men are washing the bikes and you're like what's that noise and you hear this music start to play and then you look past the the mist of the pit washers and you see this this man in black come walking through he's backlit and who is it it's 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 Lawrence Week Mr. February I was really disappointed I couldn't find a, a like a good February song. Um, you know, we've already established that uh, Lawrence Sweck has his music with Enter Sandman. And, I, I, it's, you know, I guess it's somewhat appropriate, but I was really hoping that there'd be some sort of like iconic February song and we could give him a second so I could do the by God, that's Lawrence Sweck's music <laughs> bit again. But I couldn't really come up with anything. Bill, I'm clearly looking for, at you to just come up with like come in with the February song right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was I was I, I had to I was I was looking for the uh, that European Championship I was talking about, and it was Johnny Vermeer uh, trying to take out Matthew Vanderpool, which eventually uh, meant that Michael Van Tornout won it in oh it was it was just like a year ago, um, 2013. That was the race. I was <laughs> That's impressive memory. So my, I was really, so we're recording this on Thursday and like I had hoped like, you know, if we had done Tuesday, like a normal week, I was going to quiz you guys with the numbers. Cause I, you know, I was like, well, I've dubbed him Mr. February, but with all things, you know, bulletin that we, we go by vibes sometimes, but I think we like to kind of back up what we're saying with, you know, stats. Uh, so I went to the numbers and I wanted to see, you know, who has the most, February wins. And so this is, you know, going back to 2000, this was a uh, post for bulletin subscribers. But I mean, no surprise, uh, the top February male rider is uh, Sven. <laughs> and number two is Sana. So Sven has 30 February wins that I counted in the Cyclocross 24 database. And obviously, we're limited by what they have dating back to 2000, 2001. Uh, Sana has 26. And then, not surprisingly, Vanderpool has uh, 22. So those are the three riders with more than 20. But then I was like, well, what about percentage of wins? So Sweck has eight and counting. And fully 32% of Lauren Sweck's career wow. elite wins are in the month of February. And second place to that is Niels Albert, who had 17%. So we're looking at like doubling the nearest competitor. So folks... I think it's pretty well established that Lawrence Swack is Mr. February. It's the Reggie Jackson of cyclocross. Exactly. Just, you know, translated a little bit to a different month. I don't know. Uh, but that's in the seat. No, you're right. He is. He is the Reggie Jackson of cyclocross. Except 
I guess it would be if Reggie Jackson were doing it after the World Series. <laughs> but it's the end of the season. This is, you yep. know, it's You're right. the end of the season. Yes, I know. We got we got chided for our American centric uh um uh, uh uh thinking about uh seasons should end with championships and 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 all three of us have have been chastened and now know that um seasons don't end with championships. Well, someone pointed out in the bulletin that the great thing about February Cross is you get to see all the new jerseys, the new world's jerseys. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait a second. I mean, Zoe Baxter looked good in hers. Like, she got to... Did you to, see it? I saw a picture of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I know she, she raced on Sunday, in, but on the, and on Saturday she raced in the elites, elites, and she didn't wasn't wearing it then. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess new new Euros jersey for Lucinda. I was not compelled by that argument. That one, that one. <laughs> uh, I think our boy Ethan Glading made that one. I was not compelled by that one, but I think you know uh, there were folks were pointing out that it's a chance to uh, to chase contracts, and we saw that uh, who just got signed. Um, Tone Vandebosch just got picked up for uh, for a new contract, so it's a chance to kind of uh, show your wares. And, uh, you know, Bill, to your point, you've, you've said this actually last year, it's a chance for kind of the up and comers, the U 23s to maybe make a name for themselves. And we saw Vanda, Vanda put a, you know, yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, with all of the news that you've been reporting on Zach and the whole Alpecin Fenix becoming this, you know, world beater in, in cyclocross that Vanda put a has to, he's, he's got to show he's still worthy of being on that team because it seems like all of his U23 competition is uh, going to be competing against him on the same team now. Are you saying he's got to put in the work? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. He's got to put up some numbers? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk just uh, quickly on the men's side of Atheist Cross before we move on. So we had Lawrence Week in first, Ellie in second and, and Vanderhaar in third. Um, at one point, though, we had Sweek and Mikey V off the front, and we could have almost had a sauce of sweet. But does anybody know what happened to Mikey V? Like he just he was at the front with Sweek, and then he, then Sweek came to the finish line, and he was not there, and that was it. Like, did he? There was get... a substantial amount of mud on one side of his body. I bet. I mean, it seems like he crashed. But I was okay. just, I was waiting for them to cut in with the the video, right, of the random guy right. who's a, a random video person who's on that feed and you know snag it, and I, we never really got to see what happened. He was just kind of, eh. yeah. Michael and Van torn out. If we're if we're if if I already made one baseball. Uh, analogy with reggie jackson michael van tornout is becoming the middle reliever of of the sauces he's he's the guy that goes out there you know gets in there about lap four to six yeah puts in the effort goes off the front yeah you know does the work and then and then hands it off to ailey to close it down or whoever else or lawrence (laughs) Doesn't get the win, doesn't get the slave as the the save, um, but stays. But, uh, but you yeah. know, stays gets to stay in the show forever, right? So I'm yeah. glad you brought this up. So we had an interesting comment on one of uh, the bulletin stories that we wrote about uh, Mr. February. Uh, you know, saying to to what extent do uh, you know does Ezerbeat owe Van Turnout and Sweck for his support or for his success? And you know, with 
I guess the the backdrop to that being it seems likely that the end of 2022, at the beginning of next year, it seems likely uh, that Sweck might be moving on from the sauces. That seems to be the way the tea leaves are going. Uh, so, you know, do you think that if that is the case, do you think Ailey can continue to have that success or do you think another sauce will kind of, you know, is he, is he, does he benefit from being on such a strong team or can he be like an alpha dog if, if his guys bail on him? Are, are we, are we taking the Tebow Ness uh, look at this or are we talking about the, our belief that team tactics actually exist? Oh, that is a good point. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's some arguments We've to made though. The races. They they soften them up, you know. They yeah. uh, they help mix it up, and I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like they they do the work and kind of you know put in those those like the little body blows that make guys react to them and stuff. I think that they're definitely actors in the uh, the course of a race or most of these races. Yeah, I I think it's it. I just feel like it's not a traditional team tactic and that's kind of what the frustration like you definitely see and we talk about a lot you see it on the roadside there are you know you've we've all seen the team meetings in the bus before the road starts you know even and michael once uh hot lap summer comes out uh that's see now i'm putting the pressure on that it's going to come out michael uh you'll you'll see that before like these crit races there are team meetings and everybody on that team has a designated job to do during that race, you know, this is, this is something that has gone on for ever in road racing. I just feel like it's, you know, we talk about this a lot, but I just think it's different when it comes to cyclocross. It's just not the same thing. So I think that yes, they are going out there and it's not like this is somebody who is necessarily my biggest opposition and I can play off of what they're doing. I just, and and I think that that, works to an extent, but I feel like those meetings, that, that same kind of strategy doesn't happen in the beginning. And we even saw it in the frustration before worlds where we're like, Hey, Belgians, let's kind of get together and work on this and try to treat this like a team thing and work together. And we saw how well that went. So I, I, you know, without people, with people not going all in and we've seen in the past where, you know, Lauren Sweck and 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 the sauce boss are basically fighting each other on the sideline and getting yelled at. And so I, I think maybe in theory they've helped him, but I I don't know. I, I feel like Ailey, even without those guys, is still gonna Ailey. Yeah, that's that's an interesting proposition, Zach. And I, I I don't know. I guess I'm looking at this latest race, and once again you're seeing Sweet yelling at his team guy in the pit. And I mean, just the fact that like in that race, Lars, who cased the barriers on lap one and had to chase all the way back. And at some point, you know, it was just it was up to Lars then to chase down Sweek because, you know, Ellie was sort of waiting around. And then at some point, even uh, our man Philippe Ortz had to go around um, Ellie because he was soft pedaling you know it's even even if it's not like crazy team tack it's like just a little bit of space a little bit of gap letting letting a couple turns you know go a little slower all that stuff is sort of team stuff i think does play out and i don't know zach maybe he doesn't get as many wins um without those two because i i feel like of the although i do feel like the one who is more of the dutiful teammate is vanter now um and swack is sort of will do the efforts once in a while. 
Um, but he also has those races where, nah, he's going to play his own thing. I'm glad that you brought, I mean, the other thing from this race was kind of a throwback to the birth of the Ezer beef at Jingle Cross in 2019 when uh, Lawrence Swack, uh, he looked very Italian, like yelling right. at not just anyone, he was yelling at Richard Groen, <laughs> who uh, once upon a time actually went into the crowd and punched a fan. So I don't know if uh, just... If you want a good video, just Google Richard Groendahl. Oh, oh but even even better than that, Richard Groendahl, I mean, which talks to what you're saying now. Do you remember when Sven beat him? I believe, hmm, I don't think it was at Worlds, where he has given him the finger coming in behind <laughs> nice. him because it was not Sven's job to win that race. So, I mean, there, there you, want, you want teamwork going awry. There is a great example of it right there with that man yeah so i just i love the 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 many layers to this but you know if i were swack i don't know if i'd want to get into get into it with with groendahl uh you know he has a history (laughs) but do we even Uh, know what was what what was going on i mean i they interviewed him on the broadcast but i don't speak dutch he was pissed off that there were two sauces leading the chase like he was like hey we're off the front this is how this uh, works like Mr. February, this isn't this isn't Ailey Ezerbeat time. This isn't November. This isn't October. This is this is February, guys. And Lauren Sweck is in the break. And why are y'all doing all this work? Like you know, so he felt like they were bringing bringing back the chase. And he was like, "Where's the teamwork? You know, he's where's the love? Like he's just he's not feeling the he's love was not in the air uh, for Lauren Sweck. It's February. February. I'm just I'm just saying." Uh, should we go? Should we move on? Yeah. Should we go yeah. to potty Let's cross? Before we, before we uh, move, move to the ducks, uh, quickly, a, a couple of redemption races also took place over the weekend where we had our uh, undercard for the Dutch National Championship finally happening. And uh, David Haverdings, who was at least my favorite going into Worlds, was able to at least pick up a jersey and won the Junior Dutch National Championship. Same with uh, Leonie Bentfeld, who basically took up the slack for Zoe Backstead when she was out during that stretch and won some junior races and came in as a slight favorite, you know, probably minor favorite for Worlds as well. Uh, she was able to, to win the uh, Dutch National Championship. Now we can go on right. to Ducky Cross. Okay. Lil Affair? <laughs> exactly <laughs> throw it back to the 90s did you guys see that i mean like talk about the end of the season like do you see that even the ducks are trying to migrate <laughs> well <laughs> they're ready to get done. out of there <laughs> I, so i um so we missed and i i don't know we, we missed denise betsema at worlds and it seems like she looked like she was in a bad way like i have not seen her struggle <laughs> Uh, I just felt like every time that there was a, a, a cutback, right? Because she quickly fell off the lead. But there were many cuts to like her and just like having a bad day. You know, kudos to her for finishing, though. It seems like one of those days where like a lesser rider would just been like, you know what? I'm out. Because <laughs> it was the last race of the series, right? No, it's not. So that's why she didn't quit. It's because there's still the anything can happen theory of cyclocross because we have Brussels University's cross, I believe, this weekend. So, uh, but she had a rough day uh, while Lucinda Brand was kind of, I don't know, a little bit of world's redemption. She was saying after the race that it was nice to have good feeling back. 
and she felt like she raced well. And I mean, clearly it <laughs> kind of went off the front pretty quick. Right. Did you, and also just to go back to Denise, did you read on Instagram what happened to her finger and that she cut it pretty badly that they could, and she could even see the bone. So, Oh, oh she yikes. did have a rough day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had, I mean, I, it, you know, again, it was good to see Alvarado at the front. It's pretty clear that whatever happened to her at the beginning of the season just put her in a really bad spot. And I think she seems like she's a rider that hopefully they've cleared it up, that she'll benefit from hopefully getting some time off before mountain bike season starts. But I, you know, there's this thing where I was talking about, you know, my non-season. I was talking to a fellow wide angle podium uh, co-host, Kevin Bichard Hall. And he's like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to say it's over. It's done. Just look into next season. He's like, just move to the next season. Because, uh, you know, she started fast, kind of in vintage style. And then she just slowly proceeded to kind of, like, detonate. Um, you know, we had, for a hot second, it looked like we were going to get a replay of last season, last few years, right? She was with Worst. And then she ended up from, she ended up finishing almost a minute behind Worst. <laughs> Um, while being pretty much with her coming up on the bell lap or relatively close. So I, you know, I hope that Alvarado gets some time off, recoups, has a good mountain bike season and comes into next season in, in much better shape. It'd be really interesting to see what she does mountain bike wise. If she jumps full in, I mean, is if, if everybody thought they hated going to Arkansas first, uh, first XCO race is in Brazil. Oh, Okay. And oh, it's not far from, it's not long. Fun. It's not that far off. It's in April. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what I'm yeah. kind of wondering, you know, for her is like, do you, ma- I don't make that trip. I'm just like, I wait for Nova Mesto and, you know, the start of the sea in Alpstadt and just be like, all right, let's, let's wait, reset, take some time off. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like when it was in South Africa, it's like the, they do their novel one-offs kind of at the beginning of the, the beginning of the season, I guess, kind of like cyclocross do- does with the American world cups, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what else is going on in Brazil. The South African one always made sense because they would go that a lot of the riders would just, well, one, a lot of the riders do their camps down there anyway. So they're there. And then there's also Cape Epic, which happens, you know, which is the, the duo team week or so long race um yeah so listen to brand i mean she was back on it she was leading she's kind of like slowly taking the lead right of the x2o series i think it was back at herentals is when she took it over and then she extended it at was that hama lila hama was that the 94 yeah winter olympics <laughs> that's why i was coming <laughs> and, to my and, mind and, 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 and the little steven uh tv show Oh yes, let let us not let's not forget. Uh, I just read something that was like the the show that started it all. That was the first Netflix original, yeah. and now yeah. looks what it's turned into. Um, so yeah, I I mean I don't I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts well, uh, I, on I, this race? I I understand why she did it, but I feel like uh, Lucinda Brand um, robbed herself of an opportunity to to enjoy that Aaron Hall's victory because that was the race that like when she got the lead and then Betsima, she had that gap on Betsima, Betsima was falling farther back and she was just like hauling ass that last lap and didn't even like stop to, to, to post up was just like going through at, you know, 30 miles per hour through the, through the finish line and now has almost a three minute lead. So, but you're right. 
anything can happen. So she's she's she she's a a true professional in this. But it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting looking back that at one point this was like this tight race that has that is not anymore. I mean, it is weird. Like all the riders who are in contention sprint through the finish. It's like one of those where if you're in the scrum, like you don't get up right after those riders finish. You're like, hold your line because they might be sprinting like they're going for, you know, a sprint finish because they want to make up that time. That's why you got to be like, wow, who just, you know, showed up for a for a for a cup of coffee, took his time down the finishing. It didn't matter. He didn't care about the time. He wasn't in the in the series. Yeah, but he also gets paid like over a million euros to, to, to <laughs> race true. on the road. I, Very true. He doesn't need to trifle himself with little 30,000 euro uh, prize purses, Bill. <laughs> this is true. Clara Hansinger probably still going to get some prize money for the uh, X2O. Hanging on, to, hanging on to seventh place, but... Oh, actually, I don't know. I don't know how far it, it goes down because she's only like a minute or so up on the next like 10 riders. So right. she could fall out. I and, shouldn't have said anything. So talking though about enjoying enjoying the finish, I where does guys Tone Arts, I mean, he just he won, but where does where does the duck where does that rank? Like where does the <laughs> duck rank on your post ups? Like give me give me some comps. Give me oh how does that rank for you guys? I'll let Michael go first because I have a black heart and my my whole take on this is different. Well, I think the duck. I I gotta say the duck is is okay. Using a prop from the race, sort of tying it together, I give you props for that. Uh, I think it's better than Pitcock Superman at Worlds, his frog. I mean, like, I and I, I don't, I kind of feel like I don't want to step on Bill's take because, I, but I have another idea about it. So, Bill, you you give your no, no, no. I I I am all for it. I thought it it was great. I just. It was more of the execution in that I'm not sure that he was handed that duck. Right. And I feel like there may have been a kid who lost a duck. And then he just, like, tossed it aside. What I I would have liked. And I'm sorry to rain on on Tone Art's parade in this. He won't listen. It's okay. But what I would have loved for him to do, instead of just, like, throwing it over his shoulder... Since we know it's perfectly okay just to, although there was a sprint coming behind him. We've seen so many races where they just like roll back down the starting stretch after they're done. That he would have gone back and like given the person back their duck. That's the tone arts I want to believe in. Yeah, he could have signed it and like given it back. Um, Who knows, maybe... Yeah, I had the same thought, Bill. I thought I was like, I don't think that person was like, giving he, like, that to him. He like wrestled with them for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it reminds me of the time I went to. A, I was at a cross race, and I can't remember where it was. And it was some long stairs, and they were doing hand ups, and someone had a dollar out, and I went to reach for it, and they pulled it out. They said, "No, this, this is not for you." And I was like, "Why do you have these hand ups here for?" And I felt it was the worst feeling ever. And that's I just had a flashback. Well, that's just that's just a party foul. That's a that's a yeah. whole different category. The kid was like, "No, no, I don't know. This is not for you." Oh, sorry, I don't I don't like, know you. No, it's like mommy, that man just stole my duck. 
And uh, so back back in the day at the the Trek CX Cup, it used to we used to go down. It's kind of like this windy hill uh, down Trek Factory Hill where they go up now, and then you'd loop back, and it'd be kind of you know either a ride up or a run up. I was never good enough to to ride it. But, um, my second year, uh, one of my teammates was holding like a like maybe like quarter of a beer, <laughs> just grabbed it from her drank it in the last lap i was like oh i'm gonna take that from you thank you <laughs> um so anyway i guess we all have our stories <laughs> about doing that kind of thing you're saying fair play play on no foul no block no charge <laughs> no but you're right it would have been it would have been amazing if he would have planned it if he would have seen the docks if he would have put the sharpie you know in his leg warmer gone full ocho cinco signed it and given it to the kid that would have been like next level, and uh, Tone seems like the guy who's savvy enough to do that. So maybe should someone should plant that bug in his ear because he has another race. He's already won the series. There'll be ducks. Tone, if this gets to you, go full Ocho Cinco. Full disclosure: it could have been some fifty-year-old man, and he could go find another duck. But <laughs> yeah, but it makes it better if it's a kid. I, I like that. I, I think I like though too how but... he like. He held it up like three different times. It was like the and far shot. Pro, but that's like, I know. And that's the thing that we want. It was like, okay, give us, give us some looks. Give us a different look. Give us an, one more. One more. Just give us one more look. Okay, do one for you. Have fun with it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, he, he, like is he going to do it? Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, he's going to do it like at the truss. And then he's just like, then he got the toss. So then just for the uh, the added effect. So, you know, kudos to Toon. Like, kudos to Toon for taking the uh, the series win uh, and celebrating celebrating with the duck. So, you know, and it rewards season-long season long success for him. Anything else we need to talk about this one? Should we talk about the, uh, the, the sprint? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, as they say, uh, find someone, uh, find someone who looks at you the way Lars Vanderhaar looks at a sprint taking a sprint <laughs> for a non for a podium spot for a non win Tom Mason was all in on this though I mean he was angry that he lost that sprint it was great you know we're seeing a little, we're seeing just this this resurgence of Mason he's he's got he, he's got a lot of single digit uh results in the in the last couple uh, races you know he got worlds off so he's able to rest up he's coming in strong now he's another he's another Mr. February he may be the original. Did you just neg? Did you just neg Tom Mason? Like that was like a backhanded compliment. Like, oh, he didn't. He he got worlds off, and now he's coming in hot. Oh no, that was a that was a that was a that was a blatant slight. There was, there was <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, do we know what's what's up with his contract? Because he's on the same uh, he's on the same hens team that. Uh, containers that refuse to sign the fountain of youth that is uh, Vinny B. Uh, he's a couple years older. Do we know? Is he fortunate enough to have another year on his uh, on his contract? Yeah, I have no idea. Or is it just going to be Don's team? I mean, I don't I don't know what's going. On. I, I I feel like we're going to be we're going to it's going to be lions sauces and Fenixes. shampoos. The shampoos, yeah. By next year, it's just crazy. It's gonna be all consolidated again to the big right. teams again. It's gonna be. It's we... just gonna be like Kieran. Like they're just gonna hand out different color uniforms, but everybody's on the on the same team. 
little numbers on the helmets. Yeah, so this is a great segue to uh, the hot stove. So we were uh, hot stove is a term that. Uh, has been around in baseball for the longest time and it describes kind of the off season and the winter meetings and when deals happen and stuff and so like right before the show uh, Michael was asking what is the origin of it so we googled it and turns out that there used to be off season you know post uh, World Series if you will leagues called hot stove leaves that were you know played in players hometowns and the reason it was called that is because in the dugout they'd have to have a hot stove to stay warm because the weather was so bad and so you know the it, it worked perfectly if you're wondering from the the opening of why bill called it the the hot stove cyclocross league season that is why uh but guys i mean so you know uh, I, I appreciate you say that i did reporting i mean i think our friends from sporza and nico D- dick and uh het noiseblatt were doing the reporting um, but this is Bill, this is everything we've wanted. We've talked. We we literally we willed this into existence. We talked about how we wanted the off season, the the intrigue, the the court gossip to be as good as the season, kind of like the NBA and some other uh, American sports. And I thanks to Jan uh, Buxton for pointing out it's the same way in, in uh, European football, uh, but we are American centric. And it happened. I did you guys read? The, this has just been the a drama rama, and it's been glorious. We're getting to the point. You bring up the NBA, where the NBA is successful now because there is a large segment of the people who follow the NBA who do not watch the games. They have no interest in even watching the games. It's just the intrigue of the, the, the machinations of the sport that keeps them interested. And it's like this time of year, like this time of year is more exciting to a lot of NBA fans than the actual games are. It's like playoffs and off season trades. And, and so, so that's my, that's my, that's my, you know, like you were saying, we've willed this into existence. That's my selling point for, for sports fans in the U S you can have that same feeling. You just need a good Google translator and, and get that (laughs) from what is happening in cyclocross right now. So try to walk us through some of the, some of the highlights here, Zach. Sure. So we have, uh, and I guess I didn't wasn't aware of this that uh, there is a Jan's Tormans. So the Tormans twins actually belong uh, to Jan Tormans, and so he was kind of he wanted to do a cyclocross project, and so he hooked up with the what is it the Intermarsh Wanty Goberts road team, whatever they were back then. So he's like, I want to be associated with you, but we're doing a cyclocross team. Basically, I want Quentin Ehrmans on my team, but I also want him to be able to race on your world tour team. And I guess reading some of these stories, I guess uh, there's been some friction um, in the program. And so basically at the, so this all starts at 2023. So this is where things are going to get a little awkward. Uh, he was like, I'm out. I want out. Uh, and everyone's favorite uh, sexist director of the Quick Step team, um, Patrick Lefebvre, he was looking to get into cyclocross. And so uh, Jans Tormans and him hooked up. And so it, it's not official, but it's pretty much seems to be a done deal that uh, there's going to be the Tormans CX component of the, what is it, it's Quick Step Alpha Vinyl now, Alpha Vinyl, I think yeah. is, is his team. Uh, so we have that. So we have Tormans riders. We have four men. We had Quentin Ehrmans, Corny Van Kessel, 
um, U23 world champ Joran Weischer and Emil Verstringe, and then we had Zoe Backstead. I think those are kind of like their five main riders, and they had assumed like, hey, y'all are just going to come with us. It'll be good. You know, we'll still be the Tormund's twins. We're not going to break that up. Corne uh, is kind of going down. We might bring one of the U23s up to join Quint. We might have a new set of twins. We might have Tormund's triplets. I don't know. Um, but then, then uh, all four of these riders are represented by a an agent, those agents. So this is very American too, right, Bill? Is that we're getting kind of like the agent action uh, coming in? Yeah. Although again, I think that that we see it uh, in in football in the same way that which was Jan was saying. But so it is. It's it's global. But yeah, no. It's it's definitely agents having the power and sort of the influence over their their clients and and. You know, what an agent will tell you is they're just looking out for the interests of their clients and trying to get them the best deal because careers don't last forever. So we have to make uh, the best moves now. Yeah, so his name is Hans Van Kastern. And uh, it seems like this is kind of like the kind of thing that happens with like AAU ball and college basketball where an AAU coach would be like, my two stars, they're a package deal. Wink, wink. Uh, he basically said you're getting all four of them or you get none of them. <laughs> and... uh they, you know, uh, Van Casteren, I guess, is just kind of like dragging Tormans along. He's like, I'm going to take them somewhere else. And, you know, th- this is where it gets kind of kind of hazy. So the contracts of the two U- U23 riders, they have they run amateur contracts, I guess. And so those expire at the end of cyclocross season. They've already signed with Alpes and Fenix. So those two are gone. It seems to be that the rumors are that both Van Kessel and Ermans are also going to go to Alpes and Fenix to join my, I don't know, this pretty big cyclocross team. Then the sniping occurred. And so uh, Lefebvre and Tormans, they went after the agent, uh, used terms such as human trafficking. Um, but then also Bart Wellens was involved because he's the team manager of the Tormans team. And he said that Weischer and Vestringe knifed him in the back. He literally posted a picture on his Instagram stories of getting him getting knifed in the back. <laughs> and it's just, it's going on. It's, I mean, it's, it's high drama with like, man, the, some of these accusations are just wild. Yeah. And we're, we still don't really know what's going to happen with Zoe Backstead. I think that they were like her side was basically saying it's too early to, you know, even discuss what's going on or to, to presume what's happening. I think that was actually, I think Patrick Lefebvre actually said that. So we don't know what, where her contract stands as well. Is any part of this that for Quentin and maybe even Cornet, I know Quentin does like a lot of road, right? I mean, he's a pretty good road racer, but he's not going to be able to, if he goes to this Tormans, stays on Tormans, he's not going to be get picked up by Quick Step. I mean, where is he, would he have the opportunity to race anywhere on the road then? Wait, if he had stuck with the Tormans, yeah. well, I would assume he would have the ability to be part of the Tormans uh, vinyl floor. But isn't that team? I mean, isn't that he quick raced? step? Or is that yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I well, mean, there'd be tough, some sort that's of partnership. A tough squad to just like walk onto. 
Yeah, right. but he like I mean he did the he did the Giro last year. I mean we we, we joked I, I think that they it was in the green room that they focused kind of on the classics in those one days. So I don't know. I feel like they could have found a role for him, but you know it seems like if he's on Alpecin, he gets to do whatever he wants. So you know they are they're pro continental team, and you know they if they have Vanderpool, they're still going to be getting those invites, right? So. And then you know that's not that's a that's a team of some hit some hitters too, uh, Gianni Ramirez, you know. So yeah, and uh, yeah, what Jakobsen? No, who's a sprinter? They have another sprinter. Anyway, isn't um, isn't Merlier? Merlier and someone else. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you're listening to the pod, it's up on the bulletin. We made it available to everyone. So if you want the the ins and outs, I was trying to. I felt like the the alien sh guy at at, a, at some point, kind of like, and I, I joked about this that I wrote the story on Wednesday night. I woke up on Thursday, and there were two more stories with mud being slung that I had to add to the uh, to the story. So it'll probably even keep changing, but uh, that's up at the CX Hairs Bulletin. That's available uh, to everyone if you want to the blow by blow. I did all the Google translating for you uh, to kind of walk through this, but yeah. So Z- Zach is the is the woge of cyclocross. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if only I can start to have like uh the uh you know, like Tormund CX is eyeing up Lauren Swack. <laughs> no reason that you can't. Part of the deal with what they are doing though, so the the question of this uh Tormund's Lefevre Lefevre union is they are planning on having a women's team and they are planning on having a Devo team. And I guess the question I raised is, you know, he made some pretty derogatory comments towards women's cycling. I think it was last fall, uh, comparing it to being a, a charity. And so I just, as a young rider, I, you got to wonder what the backsteads are thinking. And, you know, if I had a, a, a daughter, I would not want her anywhere near <laughs> that man. Uh, he seems kind of toxic. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how her contract develops and where she ends up. Cause it seems like she's going to want to be in a position where she can race road. I mean, potentially at the world tour right. level, but also race cyclocross, um, you know, is she going to go to Alpes and FedEx? <laughs> that seems it like a great spot like for her. Not implausible uh, for her to be on on Alpes and Phoenix as well, but I don't know if they get like the invites that the men's team does because of because of Vanderpool. Um, you know, so I if some there's some other program. I mean, who knows? Looking at like, you know, Trek has both programs. They have TFR and Trek Factory Racing as well as Trek Cycle Free. I don't know. Um, so we'll see. You know, kind of what what path she ends up going. She's gonna wait a year. Pitcock's Ineos contract will be up. He's going to start his program similar to Alpes and Fenix that, you know, Vanderpool set up so that he could do all these different disciplines. And then he's going to bring her on to that. And it's going to be, it's going to be the next great, great Britain cycling program. (laughs) I like it. Um, It's a good story. I like it. What do we got coming up next week? Oh, like two days from now. We got two races. Oh, we got actually, you know what? We've got two races that I like. I, I was a little disappointed when I heard that Havara had uh, punted to the kind of post worlds. I think that that's one of the coolest races. It's a great venue. It's got that amazing climb when it's muddy. It's awesome. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a race that I would like to see back kind of in the meat of things that was, you know, where we saw uh, Pitters Palooza. That was the original Pitters Palooza last year when he, uh, last season when he beat Vanderpool. And then we have one of the most unique races in the Brussels University cyclocross with the uphill humps and then the downhill humps, like the amphitheater, where it goes through the grassy amphitheater. You know, we're two months from now, professors will be lecturing their students and making broad oratories and students will be wrapped with attention. But uh, this weekend, they're going to be screaming and annoying those kids and preventing them from uh, getting their studies on. Next weekend, as we wrap up the, the these two series and I just check in the overall standings, looks like, I mean... Anything can happen, um, but Ellie's probably going to win the Super Prestige. I mean, it's a four-point difference, and, you know, the points, there's not a big gap between first, second, and third. They kind of go one by one by one point. And in the women's, looks like Lucinda Brand is leading that with Betsema seven points behind her. So, yeah, this is this is kind of it, huh, the last weekend. And then we can start focusing on road. So since since this is a team effort, Zach, do, do, do Lawrence and Michael um, and maybe Ryan, do they get like gold watches like linemen from the quarterback when he wins? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I you know what? If, if there was strategy, uh, then yes, that that is the case. So uh, and there's precedence, you know, Jonathan Taylor, um Shout out to Wisconsin running back monster year for the Indianapolis Colts. He bought his offensive line Louis Vuitton bags. You know, at the team meeting, he just barged into the offensive line uh, kind of outgoing meeting for the season and brought them all bags. You know, and those three hundred and thirty pound six foot eight men are going to look friggin' dapper. So you know what? <laughs> if the, if there truly was tactics, you know, Ailey's got to be on cloud. But you know, the question: How much did he drop for that that ring? I mean. It might be a bad year to be supporting Aliers to beat because I'm betting uh, some of his winnings. Uh, maybe he has to win the Super Prestige. I mean, maybe like he was like, "Hey, guess what? I got, I got, I got some cash coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it upright." Well, we will talk about those races and whatever else happens in cyclocross on the next show. And until then, uh, hang in there, kid. Go better, Sana. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, but we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.